His will is that your mind be renewed. Thank him and say, Lord, thank you for your word that you will be sending my way. I thank you. My heart is open. Send your word to me. Blessed be God forever for what you'll be doing, Lord, this evening amongst your people. We just give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45. We'll be reading from verse 20 to the end of chapter 46. I read, Gather yourselves and come. Draw near together you fugitives of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about your wooden idol and pray to a God who cannot save. Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this from of old? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none except me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. That to me every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Men will come to him and all who were angry at him will be put to shame. In the Lord, all the offsprings of Israel will be justified and will glory. Chapter 46. Baal has bowed down, Nabal stoops over. Their images are consigned to the beast and the cattle. The things that you carry are burdensome, a load for the weary beast. They stooped over, they have bowed down together. They could not rescue the burden, but have themselves gone into captivity. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, you who have been born by me from birth and have been carried from the womb. Even to your old age I will be the same, and even to your green years I will bear you. I have done it, and I will carry you, and I will bear you, and I will deliver you. To whom would you liken me and make me equal and compare me? That we will be alike. Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh silver on the scale, hire a goldsmith and he makes it into a god. They bow down, indeed they worship it. They lift up upon the shoulder and carry it. They set it up in its place and it stands there. It does not move from its place. Though one may cry to it, it cannot answer. It cannot deliver him from his distress. Verse 8. Remember this and be assured. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things long past. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declare the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times things which have not been done. Saying, my purpose will be established. And I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Calling a bed of prey from the east. The man of my purpose from a far country. Truly I have spoken. Truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn-minded, who are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. I will grant salvation in Zion and my glory for Israel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All 
If you believe, give me an amen. amen. Let's take the declaration of understanding as we begin to study as follows. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. In fact, you're already blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Understanding will come to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. God will correct you and set you on the path of progress and destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Healing has come to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, can you bless somebody beside you on your left and your right? Tell the person, healing has come to you. Amen. Say, healing has come to you. Amen. Bless somebody. I mean... All right, bless somebody. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Okay, our Bible reading was taken from the book of um, Isaiah chapter 46, and there's a reason for that. We read from that book of Isaiah chapter 46, trying to bring out a particular principle. I'm establishing a particular uh, principle there. Now, um, let me... Contrary to what I initially planned, I'd hope to stop what we were preaching uh, last two meetings, uh, last time, and I thought I, had, I was done with the thing that we had to say, but as I was get, just get, about to get here today, a thought came to my mind which made me drop what I had planned, and I said, let me add something, I believe, by the Spirit of God to what we were saying. Now, let me say something to us again. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Let me explain what light means. It means we give direction to people. We lead in the right path. We do what is right first. Other people copy us. That is the meaning of being the light of the world. Um, at, part, at least past part of it. So as a church, we are the light of the world, which means that we are the ones that God expects to be in front. They are our meeting for the end of the year. That's what we're going to be focusing on. For the church to realize its place in any nation, in any community, where God might have placed it. Let me say something to you. Doing right will cause you uh, personal problems, and God left it like that deliberately. Doing right will cause you personal problems. Doing right will reduce the amount of money you could make. Doing right will slow you down. Do you follow my point? Let me explain what I say. You know, early in the morning in Enugu, the people who check, and these are the um, the traffic people, often they are not around doing all these checks, and there are not so many of them. In fact, one day there was a very bad traffic in Aquata, and I, 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 of course, I saw a police woman doing her work. So at the point that I came down to her, I showed her what the problem was, you understand? And I look at these people who are going the wrong way because there's a lot of traffic. So you know the way people now start shunting against one way. So I told her, look, this, that's what the problem is. And she turned to me and said, what do you expect me to do? I'm the only one here. When she said it, I understood. Entered my car and drove off. All the way I was saying, why, why can't this woman stop them? I said, what do I want to do? I'm the only person. I'm not going to shoot a person. I don't have a gun. I'm just joking about that. But see, I realized something. You know, we have to lead in doing what is right. Please. The, th- the other thing I was saying. So, in the morning, sometimes, when I say it will cost you time, you know, sometimes in the morning, before this traffic will come out, you get to it, it's red light. People just blow past it like there's nothing. 
And then you attempted, you're also in a hurry. This, this happened to me again like two days ago. And you know, I was hurrying and I got to the red. The light was, you know, it saw me coming and it turned yellow. You know that kind of thing. So I wanted to speed up <laughs> to beat the yellow. Forget it. I had enough time to stop. So I grudgingly, honestly, I was thinking of Jesus when I stopped. I was thinking of him, Lord Jesus, you are worthy to be praised. I pressed my brake and I stopped at the red light. And of course, do I need to tell you, the bus behind me just turned to my right. Film. The next guy followed. Film. At least four vehicles. Pam, pam. You know, it takes a few, a two, three seconds before the next people start coming in. They just kept on going, kept on going. And I stood there like a fool for righteousness sake. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, sometimes I'm tempted. Sometimes I won't lie to you. Sometimes we are tempted, but then I remind myself that God needs people that will not do what is wrong. He needs them. He needs them. He needs them. He can't do anything unless he finds them. If he doesn't find them, he will destroy the whole place. Mark my words. If he does not find them, he will destroy the whole place. When he got to Sodom and Gomorrah, he did not find ten righteous people. I've explained here before. When he said looking for ten righteous people, he wasn't looking for those who are interceding. Hey, Kabo Yaba, against sin, in Sodom, sin must die. He wasn't looking for that. You're we looking for somebody who will not take bribes. You're we looking for a pastor who will refuse to perform homosexual marriages. That's all. He wasn't looking for somebody who will be there on the streets. If you sin, you will die. He wasn't looking for a preacher. He was just looking for somebody who will say, this is wrong, we should not do it. I hope you're getting my point. That's what he was looking for. That's all he was looking for. That's all the Lord was looking for, and that was what he did not find. When you're talking about ten. Remember, there were no Christians that time. He was not counting ten Christians. He's saying that, let me get to a campus. Maybe they have 300 lecturers. I just will count 10 lecturers who we see. We will not sell marks. We will not sexually harass anybody. We will do our work, teach great scripts, and return them in righteousness. I just need 10. And when he doesn't find, he will show the whole campus. Then we'll see our headsmen attacked, and there was fire. There was this. He will show the whole campus. Say, why did that happen? I couldn't find 10 righteous people. Because I want us to understand what we are dealing with here. I pray we, look, listen, look, we have to teach these things. Christians, when you're talking about being the salt of the earth, Jesus said it means you don't do what everybody else does. If they're all, you know, changing receipts, inflating contracts, you don't do it. It will cost you your job. And when it costs you your job, you must understand, God needs blood that is shed for him to be able to pass judgment on iniquity. Now, shedding of blood comes in different dimensions, comes in different categories. When you lose your job, it's one of those things. I hope you're getting my point here. But listen to, to this. He needs it. What did I say? What did I say? He needs it. You, don't, you can pray from now, like we say, till thy kingdom come. The kingdom will not come. Anyway. You can pray from now till tomorrow, till the palm tree grows and becomes very tall. Nothing will change except God finds the people that he needs. He has to find them. And the church must understand that the job of the church is not prosperity. The job of the church is not show off. Our God is a big God. If you can build a big house, people can build a, a big house. God wants people to know first that we would rather die in a hut than live in the big house of unrighteousness. That's the first thing he's interested in. It's not competition of whose house is bigger. That's not the competition. 
The competition is that do I have people that would rather live in huts? That you rather give that they would rather sleep in a hut than sleep in a house built with unrighteous money. That's what I want. Unfortunately, we don't realize that say Christians must learn how to believe God for prosperity. Because look, take this thing step by step. I first I have to establish that my people are not afraid of poverty. You know what I said? The first thing he wants to establish is what? That his people are not afraid of poverty. Yet there's a God of prosperity. That's what he is. He can cause people to prosper, most certainly. But first thing he wants to do, he wants to show that his people are not afraid of what the Bible calls death. Because the fear of death is what holds people in bondage. People miss the will of God for them because of the fear of death. When I'm talking about fear of death now, not just physical expiration and being buried, I mean things like poverty. That's what I mean by this fear of death. Many times Christians are giving me reasons why they are doing what they are doing. I, I, in my mind, I say, you don't get the point. You don't get the point. You are failing by your explanation. That this God is testing you, you are just failing. It's like going to Job. Job said, God, I, I, I have denied God. He's not the righteous God. He said, why? If you go through the thing I went through, you will know, you will deny God and deny Satan just to be sure everybody is denied. All my children died in one day. Oh, not even one was spared. You know, one of my children was a very nice, gentle guy. He was not spared. All my wealth disappeared the same day. A few days after, I fell sick. My wife left me. During the day, I wish it was night. At night, I started crying for day. I had no respite. And what would bring me relief? Just deny God. Even God understands. But what many of us don't understand is that that is the very thing that people were watching out for. Therefore, you fail. God loses the bet. Do you get my point? But you feel justified. I feel as a, as, as a preacher this is, I'm more interested in building tough Christians who would rather die than deny Christ. Who are not afraid of poverty. They consider poverty one of the smallest problems of this life. A colleague of mine said that the thing he fears most in life is poverty. God said, I need to build tough people who they are the same in the midst of abundance, in the midst of little. They are the same. Without them, we can't go far in this life. Many times you ask God for deliverance and say, I'm not going to deliver you. You know what? You don't understand. I'm not here to deliver people. I'm here to showcase my tough people. Yes. I just want to showcase my tough people. We used to give this, this idea, get this idea that every time you face fiery furnace, God will not let you be burned. Every time you face lions then, the lions will fall asleep. You don't remember the story of the early Christians. Nero made them public show, sports. They used to eat them for show. That's lions. Let's kill Christians. People would gather in stadia to come and watch them being slaughtered by gladiators and by lions. And God said, I like it like that. Let their bloods be shed. Let their bloods be shed. One day I will come and avenge myself of my adversaries. I need a cup full of the shed blood of the martyrs for me to be able to avenge myself of my adversaries. I'm not building prosperity Christians. That prosperity message, wrongly thought, has caused a lot of problems. We tell lies to build a house for God. Ah, ah. Sometimes I sit and I see pastors raising money to build. I'm like, are you crazy? If you were God, will you dwell in this tabernacle? If you were God, will you dwell there? 
all kinds of lies, all kinds of stories, all kinds of horrible behaviors. And they say we are building for God. Which God? Which one now? The God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, it is impossible. His house will be built in righteousness. And for goodness sake, he does not dwell in house made of iron rods, dangote cement, and sand from polluted rivers. <laughs> he doesn't dwell in houses made of, you know, with bricks and mortar. Let's talk about modern day with cement, concrete, iron rod. He doesn't dwell in such houses. You know where he dwells? In the hearts of people. When we gather, wherever two or three are gathered, they say, if a man loves me, he will keep my word. The father will love him. And I and the father will come and make our abode in his house. Let him be staying under a mango tree. It doesn't matter. God will come and stay there with him. Let's get it clear. When he says we are the light, that's what he's talking about. We lead in doing what is right. We lead in walking in righteousness. We are the light. People follow us. They can count on us. That they are doing business with us, they go to sleep. They know whether we write an agreement or not. Once we have opened our mouth to speak, it will, be, it will be as we have said. We will never cheat them. If they give you money, they didn't, they didn't count. They know you will count. They know you will tell the truth. After all, he's a Christian. The reputation we have these days is bad. And it has to be repaired. It has to be repaired. That's what God is looking for. People that say, he's a believer. Forget that thing. His word is stronger than the contract we sign. I like the story Strive Masiwa told. Of once they sued, well, there was a, an arbitration case anyway, like a lawsuit, but not a court, arbitration. They were suing a particular company. And those people were supposed to pay a certain amount of money. Then they, when they are doing that, there's what they call disclosure. That is, you must tell the truth. You must give every evidence, whether they ask for it or not. That's part of how arbitration goes. It's not arguing law. There are people who are like judges. Okay? They are not judges really, but they, are, they, they run the arbitration. They look at all the facts. Strive Massey, who I say one day when they were getting their papers ready, they, found, they suddenly stumbled on a document that was going to work against them. He and his men gathered. They said, if we present this document, we have lost. I mean, an email or something. What do we do? So they settled down and had a meeting. How are we going to handle this? And the men looked and said, we can't present this. They said, but we have to present this. At the end of the day, Strive made a decision. You will present the document. If we lose, we lose. So they packed everything and submitted. When the opposing party saw it, he said he doesn't know what they think till today when he was writing that blog. He said, I don't know what they thought of. They came before the panel apologize for wasting everybody's time, offer to pay what Strive and Co. were asking for, and they closed the case. He said he does not know what happened. The document we submitted, we are going to lose. He said, but what they suspect, he was not thinking what could have happened. That maybe when they saw that document, and they realized that, ah, this guy brought this, he must have other things. So, you know that kind of, but that, it was God that moved on their, on, on their side. They had a choice to hide it, but they said, no, I can't hide it. That's Christianity we are talking about. When you say you are the light of the world, that's what it means. It means you stop at traffic light, you're supposed to. I hope I get my point. You do what is right. You do what is right. You do what is right. Especially when everybody is doing what is wrong, you must never join them to do what is wrong. 
Israel had a commandment. Never join the multitude to do evil. Never. Never. And basically what he was saying is this. When people gather to do anything, watch what they are doing. Keep away. Most of the time they are doing something that is wrong. You see a mob demonstrating on the road. Keep away from demonstration. You don't know what they are doing. Anything they are doing, just keep away. You must never join the masses to do what is wrong. Something is popular. I've said it before. Christianity, God does not accept our excuses for iniquity. Once you start making that excuse for him, it is a denial of grace because he's not saying you will obey him by your power. He's saying that if you are determined to obey, I will supply the strength with which you will obey. That is what Christianity is about. Strength supplied by God for you to be able to obey him. So anytime you disobey, God says it is because you denied grace, not because you had an excuse. Did you hear what I said? That anytime you, dis- you disobey, it is not because you have an excuse, it is because you denied grace. Grace was available. You just did not stretch out your hand to collect it. That's Christianity. Let's bear it in mind. So we are the light. That's what I'm just trying to explain. That's the meaning of light. We lead. We are in front. Last time I was explaining that these last two meetings, the import that is Egypt does not help. If everybody's running to Egypt, please, Isaac, don't follow them. Isaac in that situation represents the people of God. Isaac represents God's people. Listen, once some, one of our brothers did something some time ago. One sister commented that the thing that pained her most, whether what he did is good or bad, was not her problem. It's just that this is what everybody does. So we have to be careful. As a light, we distinguish ourselves by our behavior, our work in righteousness. The world has a habit of going in a righteousness, guaranteed. What we do is walk in righteousness and we'll be swimming against the tide. You can be sure of that. Now, so last time we began to say, this is how everybody solves problems. And God, in every generation, there's a way they try to solve problems. And Christians, oftentimes, they follow that direction. And we have to be careful. We read, we read from, um, where we're reading from? Isaiah chapter 30. That's what we're reading that time. Okay? That God said, I think, let me just quickly go back to that one briefly. Isaiah chapter 30. Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord. Who execute a plan but not mine, and make an alliance but not of my spirit. Who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me. Who take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh, to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. He said, therefore, the safety of Pharaoh will be your shame. Please bear this in mind. And the shelter of the shadow of Egypt will be your humiliation. He said, for their princes are at Zon, and their ambassadors arrive at Hanes. He said, everyone will be ashamed because of a people who cannot profit them, who are not for help or profit, but for shame, and also for reproach. I want to understand something here. These people thought they were going for security. These people went to Egypt because they felt that that's where their security would be. Prosperity laid there. Future for themselves, for their children, laid over there. But God said, no, you don't get it. Egypt can never help you. He said all this, he was talking about the struggles they go through. We look at the struggles. They travel through the wilderness, a place of lionesses and lions, a place where vipers and poisonous snakes live. All this and Egypt will give you nothing in return. He said the help of Egypt is vain and empty. Therefore, I have called her Rahab, who has been exterminated. That's New American Standard. 
New Living Translation says, Therefore I call her Rahab the harmless dragon. That is where you put your strength. God says, it is, there's no help in it. But bear something in mind, as at now when you are doing it, you think there is help there. It doesn't look like that. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. It must look like it is good. It must look like it is safe. It must look like this is where security, this is where prosperity is. Let me say this again. I'm talking to Christians. If by a chance you're, a believer, you're not a believer, you're listening to this, please switch off. To only bring a condemnation. To help. In fact, you will even be laughing at me, which will increase your judgment anyway. So just switch off. And if you're a Christian, you dare not laugh. You dare not laugh in the name of Jesus. I warn you not to open your teeth. Because I'm not joking. Don't justify yourself. Get on your knees and repent. If the word of God is coming to say, who reported me to Pastor Banky? Don't worry. You are not, you are not strange. Your type is plenty. I don't need anybody to report you to me. But don't laugh. Don't argue. Don't laugh. Don't argue. I feel a prophetic unction upon me when I'm saying this. Don't laugh. Don't argue with me. Don't argue with me. If you argue with me, you regret it. And I'm not joking about that. I'm talking to the people of God. They can't afford to follow the way of the world. It's annoying. And I believe I'm feeling what God is feeling. You can't afford it. You can't pretend. That is why the gospel cannot advance. Because people preach one gospel with their mouth and live another one with their lives. They preach one gospel with their mouth and live another one with their lives. I have realized something. God has so chained himself to us. We are called the body of Christ. If you don't have a body, you can't do anything. No matter how sharp your brain is, you can't go anywhere. You can't achieve anything. You have to find a way. I mean, the, what is his name? Um... Stephen Hawking, who died was this year or last year, the man's body was weakened and weakened and weakened until all he had left was his brain. It would have been totally useless. Science had to create a body for him, a means of communication. That's what he make. He had very few muscles left in his body working, very few. So they amplified the signals from those few muscles so that if he just tweaks his, you know, just a little bit of movement from his eye, Computer recognizes and understands what he's trying to say. They move words across the screen. He'll just move his finger a bit. And the computer will recognize it. And say, okay, he has picked this word. They will not join it together. But he could not do anything except the body was created for him. That's why God gave us bodies. In the same manner, Jesus can't do anything. Nothing on this earth except there is a body. And we are the body of Christ. So Jesus is helpless. No strength in him, no ability, except his people arise and join him and coordinate themselves well with the signals he's sending from heaven. I think I just got an answer myself to the prayer I've been praying for some days and asking the Lord, why does your lordship look so absent on this earth? I asked him that question every day for the last few days I'm driving. So I see we are struggling every time to prove that you are indeed the Lord. Why? I think I just got an answer myself. Because no matter how powerful the brain is, it needs a body to function through. That's how he made it. And he says we are what? The body of Christ. No gospel is preached except the body preaches it. There are angels there. Cornelius needed to believe. Angels did not preach to Cornelius. They told him where to find the body. So the angel had to, Cornelius had to send for the body. That time around it was who? Peter. Then Peter came. 
and preach the gospel. Why go through all of that? The angel that told him to look for Peter, why didn't he just tell him the truth? No, but he couldn't. He had to send for the body. The Holy Spirit knew that the people in Enoch was going somewhere. Why didn't you stop him? Why did he not stop him? Why did he have to send Philip? Philip had to join himself to that. Listen, this job, we are the ones that will do it. I get bolder and bolder every passing month, every passing year, to make certain statements. I've realized that as long as we are preaching this lie we preach, there will be no revival in, in, in the Arab countries. All this is why I'm saying that the gospel is moving underground. It will remain underground for a very long time. Once we get up and lie to them in the airwaves, and you expect the Iraqi to believe, you expect the Iranian to believe, you expect the Palestinian to believe, Jesus may declare certain issues. The promise to Abraham and to his seed. We keep on saying that, send, him, send an offering to Jerusalem. Pray for Jerusalem. Meanwhile, you are living in Jerusalem. My emphasis is this. Except we get our doctrine right, those guys can never believe. You have to let them know there's no need to fight Jew, Gentile, Palestinian, Arab, Israeli. Don't worry. All of you are lost. You know when everybody knows they are the same boat, they will reconcile. So salvation is only in Christ Jesus. And Christians must lead preaching that gospel. We must lead preaching the gospel. Tell the Palestinians, you and the Jews are the same. You have not believed in Christ Jesus. Both of you have been rejected. You have perished already. When the gospel of John was written, who was, was, not, was it not written why the nation of Israel was there? He said, he came unto his own, his own did not receive him. You know, what did he say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes in him will not, will, not, will not perish, but have what? Eternal life. What does that tell you? They are perishing already. The only deliverance is in believing in him. What am I emphasizing? So if the body, that's my point, does not do his work, Jesus can do nothing on the earth. If the body does not do his work in the nation like this, Jesus can do nothing concerning the nation. The only thing I've discovered from scriptures, God does with nobody doing what is right is to destroy people. When he gives up on people, he destroys everybody. Listen to this, including the church inside there. In fact, he tends to take them out first. Anywhere the church is not behaving itself, they are the first to go. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. And it's in the Bible. It says, if the salt has become what? It says, if the salt has lost its savour. It says, what happens? Men throw it out and they trample over it. With their feet. So when the church has stopped being the church, they will be trampled. They will be trampled. It is the word of God. It is the word of God. They will be trampled. If the church has stopped, it has lost its savour. If you like organized can, all of you end up canned. Did you hear what I said? Christianization of Nigeria will not help you. Once one of our brothers told me that he talked to the then president of Khan. Pastor Yorisha Jaffo, because he has a personal relationship with him. And I told him that, ah, that wasn't there to do, he was talking about uh, uh, politics, talking about some of these middle belts, and then there are some states in Nigeria that appear Muslim, they claim they are Muslims, but they really are not. If you check the population, most of them are not Muslims. They don't live like that, because he's saying that they are Christians, because some of these Christians, according to Pastor Courage, Burukutu Christians, you don't even know who's a Christian, who's not a Christian. <laughs> Anyway, but let, okay, let's just say they call them Christians. So he said he was trying to encourage them that, look, they should come together and, you understand, you know, 
They support a candidate. So I preached this on the pulpit in Kaduna. I told them that if you try that, it will not work. It will always backfire. I was in Kaduna when I preached it. So I was telling him, he and I were speaking, he didn't go here. He said that so he was talking to Pastor Harry Jatan, so that Pastor Harry said to him that he's tired. That the people there, you know, like he has tried and it didn't work. I laughed. I told him, I said, my brother, stop offering such counsel. It doesn't work. I said, it will never work. It will never work. Like we said last time, you cannot anoint Saul to solve your problems when the Ammonites are against you. You can't. In repentance and in rest, you will be saved. In repentance and in rest, you will be saved. That is the order of God for believers. You will never be saved as a group of people if you are walking after the order of the world. You will never be saved. In repentance and in rest. No matter what you see outside, know that your problems are spiritual. Christians, bear that in mind. No matter what you see outside, never forget it. Your problems are spiritual. And like I said the other time, you cannot solve a spiritual problem through material manipulation. You can't do that. Christians in the country will gather together and go and meet political candidates. That what is there for us? That's how not to... That, if I was that man, I would never believe. Your God is not even... You look at these children, body of Christ, negotiating with me, unbeliever. Why should I believe? You've just proven to me your God doesn't have power. The power does not belong to him. You've gathered yourself to come and negotiate. If we vote for you, what is the need for us? One man in Benin, a transporter, a church sent a, delegate, a delegation to him to go and beg for money. Thanksgiving. Harvest and Thanksgiving. Bazaar. You know the way churches behave? They print envelopes. Very interesting way of begging. Churches love to beg. Dignity. They think there's dignity in begging. They print a fine envelope, put something in and send it to us. You know, I have a, God, look, listen, listen. You say, you know, husband, give up, they never didn't have a dime. When I was behaving, the way I was behaving. To me, I considered giving to God a privilege. I just offer it to you. If you want to give, go and give. If you don't want to give, get out of here. We pursue her. The envelope I gave you last week, what is inside? I like one testimony, my God shared those days, those early days. Said God laid upon his, one man calls him. God laid upon his heart to give huge amount in today's now to be maybe like 10 million or 20 million naira. That to him or to the ministry. So why will he have time to send somebody to his office? The man said, if you don't know the way to the bank, keep your money on the phone. God said, laid upon you to give money and I will come to your office. Are you out of your mind? Maybe he said that laid upon you. If it is God, better find a way to the bank. Obey him quickly. Don't send me on an errand. That time that our, you know, <laughs> it's all reverend used to have our, our ministry phone lines. That's how one guy called from one of these big cities in, in Nigeria. That he heard us on, I don't know where he heard me preach. And he said, wow, he wants to please the ministry, you know, pay for another radio station. So when can we send somebody to his office? The reverend told him simply, sir, we have people supporting this work from everywhere. How many offices do you think we will go to? The guy couldn't believe it. Then I told him simply, listen, okay, don't be angry with us. We don't come to offices. If you want to give money, we will send you an account number. You will find your way to the bank. I think he was surprised. Later, I have to tell you the story when I say I beg. I agree with what you did, though, but 
Because the man sent a text which he showed me later that did he have to be so rude? Every other person, many, look, many of the radio stations we broadcast on, where, as of today, now, I think 16 radio stations, and there will have been 17, just that one radio station, they are misbehaving, okay? We are not the ones, they are the ones misbehaving. Maybe we we'll, we'll endure with them small. Let them see whether they can get back on air. We'll have been 17 by now. A lot of those radio stations, people pay. That is, a lot of people, of course, you are amongst them, people give offerings to Kingdom World, we pay a lot ourselves, okay? But some, we don't even go near the stations. Somebody else has paid. In none of them did they come to me, come and say, who will come and see us, see what? A lot of them are just, they, they won't even talk to me. One, one brother I paid for one in, somewhere in Western Nigeria who paid, we have been on that radio station now. This is, we, we've completed one complete year. There was an interruption when the radio station had a fire incident and they came back on air after that. But the first one year he paid has finished, even though there was an interruption. But when you join it together, we've done more than 12 months. We are back on. That is, and another year has commenced, he's still paying. He doesn't even agree to greet me when we go to where he, he's based. When our brother Yenka would tell him, ah, have you seen Pastor? He said, no, 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 no. He, he, he will run away. He doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't even want to talk. <laughs> he doesn't even want to talk to me. He went there, said this word must be in my own hometown too. And he paid for the, the decision. Yeah, how much the negotiation? The only thing we just ask them, please, when you want to do that, allow us to do the negotiation because we are in the business. Are you getting my point? We know what is fair. Otherwise, they will rip you off. What will have gone for a whole year? They'll make you pay for six months. So we always tell them that, please, once if they ever contact us, I tell, okay, Olayinka, you take over the negotiation. So he will call the resident, negotiate, negotiate, get the best deal he can because we, on, we have done so much of it. And then, and people just go and pay and walk away nicely. This particular man, let me get back to where I went into that. They said they are doing Thanksgiving. They sent envelope to him with a, with a delegation because he's rich. Oh, God, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he began to prophesy. He opened his drawer, brought out his idols and showed it to the Christians and said, these are my gods that I serve. They have blessed me with money. Why would I use the money to serve your own God? I felt like I said that man should go to heaven for that statement. God should save him by force. Baptize him. When the man is strong, come on, be baptized. Come out and then go to heaven. For... (laughs) For instructing the people of God right. We live lives that people who we preach to, they can't believe. We are the ones misleading them. People like that, we should have an appointment with him. And say, rich man, we came to tell you that his soul that sinned, he shall die. And no God that you serve right now, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, can save you. Repent and be baptized. You have respect for your gospel. The Lord is good. So, we are saying, Christians, we must be careful. We live differently from the world. God was saying to the people here, all of this, you will get nothing in return. And what is my message for today, you'll be asking? My message for today is to let Christians know that God is about to judge two levels of judgment. First, in the immediate future, he will judge some things, and later on, we'll see the repercussions of some things that will take time to manifest. What am I going to explain? God judges every wrong practice. God judges every wrong attitude. God judges every wrong spirit. And it begins in the life, lives of his people. Isaiah chapter 46 was our Bible reading for today. 
We began from chapter 45. You can go back there. I beg. Enough of tomato Christianity. I don't know where I got that expression from. It just came to my mind. Christianity that we think is just soft, soft. No. God is building tough people. We start from verse um, from 45. What verse? Yes. It said, gather yourselves and come. Draw near together, you fugitives of the nations. Now, what I want to bring out here is that God is judging every idol we carry. Believers generally carry idols in their hearts. God is judging those idols. He said um, from verse 22 now, Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. What have I sworn? That to me every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. They will say of me, only in the Lord is a security for my children. They will say of me, only in the Lord is the assurance for my destiny. They will say of me, only in the Lord is security for my life. He said, men will come to him and all who, who argue with him. Now I wonder about arguing. Because I'm saying it's the truth of God. He said, all who are angry at him will be put to shame. In the Lord, all the offspring of Israel will be justified and will glory. This message was not to the world. It was to the offspring of Israel. The Israel of God. Who is the Israel of God? The church of Christ. The Bible is clear about that. Some people call it replacement theology. It's not replacement theology. Like one of my brothers said, he said God had the church in mind. The, you know, the aim was the church. I, I hope you get my point. Let me assume, I, I mean, you see this beautiful, massive building they are building there. I hope you get my point. Let us assume that they brought all the materials for building behind that place. Assume they dumped it there one day. All the metal and the steel rods all the um, blocks they're going to use, all the tiles, the wood, the roofing sheets and everything, and they put them in containers there. And some of them exposed. And then one day you come back after like six months to nine months and you see a building there. Will you say the building has replaced the building materials? Answer me. Will you cross your mind and say, ah, why did they replace the building materials? No. If you had any bit of intelligence in building things, you would know that these materials are for something. So when you see the building in its glory, you rejoice. Because the purpose for which the materials were gathered has been what? Executed. The church was the aim. Israel was called to bring forth Jesus, not for any other thing. That was why, that was why when he went to the cross, he said it, it is finished. And then the veil tore from the top to the bottom. And the presence of God left that temple. And said, not anymore. And Jesus had warned them, not in the mountain or in Jerusalem will you worship. The time is coming and is now. When those who worship him, we worship him how? In spirit and in truth. And Paul said, we are the true circumcision. Who worship in the spirit and have no confidence in anything fleshly. Either in circumcision or in temples. I hope we are getting on with here. Have you seen Christians who go and carry the Jewish prayer show? It's one of the 
I don't know. Christians can smoke. I know they carry with pride. No, we Christians will behave funny sometimes. We do. <laughs> the Lord is good. So we are the Israel of God. I just want to emphasize that this was speaking to us. He said, in the Lord, all the offspring of Israel will be justified and with glory. Next line, not another chapter actually, even though it's broken to us in two chapters. Next line says, Bel has bowed down, Nebo stoops over. Their images are consigned to the beasts and the cattle. The things that you carry are burdensome. A load that you've transferred to the weary beast. <laughs> they stooped over. They have bowed down together. Listen to this. They could not rescue the burden, but have themselves gone into captivity. Everywhere you put confidence, you put your confidence, apart from in the Lord, we end up in captivity. Let me tell you something. If you sin, tell lies, cheat, do everything, backstab, do everything to get something. That thing, listen to me, no matter, if you like repent, don't repent. That thing is judged already. Sometimes, people will ask me that, uh, maybe they, they come out for counsel. Is it right to do this? And you know, the way country, if you like, do it. You know what? One of you just have noticed. <laughs> I was here earlier as of this morning, I was just telling God, please, have mercy on me. Just correct me, JJ. You know they call correct me, JJ? <laughs> just correct me easily. Just the bank, you don't do like that again. Expose it. Let's repent. Let's walk away. Because no matter how much God loves you, if what you are doing is wrong, he will judge it. If God says, this, you know, you don't invest money and start the kind of business. Maybe you go and start your own MMM. Oh, okay. No, you didn't start MMM. You invested in MMM. After everything, we have preached to you. We have told the pyramid schemes are evil. And you decided because somebody told you, you went to each other, they say, this year, if, <coughs> pastors have prayed prayer, your MMM will pay. Pastors have done it. Pastors have preached it. That what is it? Go in there, collect your money and come out. You know, sometimes, you know, oh God. You know, sometimes I pray, oh God, please, deliver me from foolishness. Because you may be laughing. Anybody can be a foolish leo. You have foolish, you have finished declaring foolish things from your mouth. Pastors have preached it. Multiply your money. <laughs> One day somebody sent a chat. My wife is, was in the group. If you want to multiply, is it? Invest 2,000 and get 10,000. Send me a direct message. My wife released a scripture that declares the curse of God on quick gain. Somebody say, ah, he's a pastor. He say, ah, is he near me? What is it? He's a pastor. Which one be pastor inside this matter? The man is lying. Because he's a pastor, I should not talk. Of course, I was behind. I joined her. I said, please. <laughs> we sat together and gathered like 10 or 15 scriptures from the word of God. Declaring God's judgment on quick gain. I said, baby, post it. <laughs> <laughs> ah! God have mercy on us. I said that day. <laughs> anyway, as you've put your money inside because one pastor went and lied to you. In one church, my, one of my sisters is a member of the church. The pastor terrorized everybody to join his down, you know what they call downline. So they registered under him. He may, and if you come to church, be bragging. Hmm. Amen. You people are still there. 
Last week, I was paid 1.6 million. Better key in now. Let me tell you the truth, eh? All of those things, God will judge. There's not, the, if you have done it, the only way you can be saved is to come back and say, I'm sorry. And those young boys and young girls that join, refund them their money. So what if I don't have? Ah, you are driving the car. Sell it. You don't know righteousness is important. That's why they don't have money. You know what I found out? No matter how much you try, he will judge it. If they tell me to come and bet now, do you know? You know one of the reasons why I will not even play lottery? You know, lottery is slightly different from betting. Okay? I, I don't discuss whether it's good or bad now. But one of the reasons why I cannot play it, if you say, okay, play 20 naira and win 10 million. One reason why I can't play it, that's bank you. you. Please, my wife, please remind me not to be led into the temptations. Is that when I win, how will I explain to people? Because everybody will not say that is the way forward. So if I win, uh, what do you call it? Lottery of 10 million. I know God will collect the money. I, you don't get my point. I know him. So the safe thing to do is that I win it. I'll say, brethren, this money has been donated to charity so that we all enjoy the judgment together. Say, God, oh, please. Oh. No, when I, may judge, when I say judgment now is that you will see it as God is collecting his money. And that's what I mean. I don't mean that you will die. I mean that... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you will see the Lord collect his money. You know, when I, when I play lottery, I don't mean that you go and buy something, they now give you a free raffle ticket. That's different. I'm not saying that one. But like you are looking for quick breakthrough. You know, sometimes you can go and buy something. Maybe they say, okay, if you, buy, if you go and buy uh, pure water, let's not advertise for anybody. If you go and buy pure water, they say, please, oh, we are giving out free Mrs. Men's G class. I don't know who's going to do that, but then let's just assume that. <laughs> they are doing that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people are selling tickets. Hey, you can win, you can win. I go put money. That like, I don't want to be tempted. You know why? Because I found that God will judge it. I know the God I'm serving. Say, Banky, eh? I don't have a problem with you. It's those who are following you that you want to confuse. They are the ones I'm trying to solve. So that money, you won't get it. If you want to get it, write me a check now for motherless babies home, different ministries, not including Kingdom World. Let it die there. Listen to me. See all the pastors that were encouraging their members to join MMM and all this quick game thing. Go take a word to them that I say you should tell them that God said he will judge every single one. He will judge it. Not them now. Even though they can be part of the it. But he will judge it. That principle you declare before people, he has to show to them it is wrong. All the money you made, he will collect it back. That car you were saying that MMM gave to me, God said, listen, I will collect it in such a manner that you'll be thanking God for your life. I will. If I don't, the people coming after will be led astray. You know when David killed Uriah and took Bathsheba? God says, okay. He said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. God said, Nathan said, God has forgiven you. Stand up. Sit down. Sit down on your throne. You have been forgiven. Okay, you are forgiven. But then just let you know, nevertheless, eh? <laughs> He said, what? Uh, that child that uh, Bathsheba gave birth to, he will die. Ah. Wait, wait, wait. What you did in secret will be done openly. Ah. But you said they forgive. Wait, wait. A sword shall arise in your own household against you. Ah. Wait, wait, I've not finished. 
By the time he was done with him, eh? David said, why now, Nathan? He said, you have made people blaspheme. I have to show to them I don't tolerate this rubbish. If you were a small boy, we'll forget it there. But king in Israel, example of righteousness, the light of the nation. No, guys, I'm sorry. So David said, well, let me beg him. Nathan said, now nah, beg, we take rich here. <laughs> <laughs> if you know where we began from, you won't be talking. <laughs> ah. He said, eh, ah. You had planned that you won't have a son on the throne. Eh? Ah. Should I tell you more? No, 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 don't tell me more. Leave it like this. So when his judgment began, David just sat down there. Just like Jeremiah taught us later. Say, so God has smite his cheek, let him keep it there. Paraventure, you have mercy. That was why David just relaxed all the time that Absalom was doing this, Amnon was doing this, he just relaxed. People of God, let me say something. This is our God. He's long suffering. Amen? Amen? He's slow to anger. Amen? Amen? But we have sinned for a long time. That's what I'm saying. He's slow to anger, but we have been doing it for a very long time. And he said, my children will not be established in iniquity. I will not let it happen. Everything they put confidence in apart from me, I will judge. See, all those of you have queued up that my children must study medicine. My children must study, uh, 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 what do you call it? No, there's one engineering now that's happening. Computer engineering, you know, the latest things happening. So that they will be established. By the time your children graduate, I will crash those professions for your sake. The very things they despised early, they will use their bachelor's in medicine and bachelor's in surgery to perform. The only difference they could have started that one in three years. It took them six years to do their medicine. This is God's word I'm giving you. I'm not trying to reason. I'm declaring the counsel of the spirit. God says, only in the Lord are what? Righteousness and strength. I must have you guys you know, declare it loudly. Let me tell you how God does. Loves you, not love you. He does not tolerate rubbish. If you say, no, 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 no. You sell family land, you know that kind of thing. Sell family house, take loan. Say, my son, we must get a master's from Harvard. When you have a master's from Harvard, after that you can connect with the high level of the job industry. God said, no problem. Get your master's from Harvard. Then you come down here and wait. First year, no job. Second year, no job. You can't praise to end quickly. It, you know, there are some things that are too late. If you want it to end quickly, God say, ah, no, Allah, no, Allah. Which job will you have taken if you didn't go to Harvard? Uh, you know, they were giving me one job. So I said, go and take that job first. You will get there. You, you have masters from Harvard. The person being paid the same money as you are being paid will have only an OND. Oh, that's how God is. I like the way you cleanse your teeth. It's very painful. <laughs> that is when you see your paycheck at the end of the month. The guy you've been telling stories, you know, in the office of Harvard, you will notice that you and him are paid the same. Because while you were in Harvard, he was being promoted. And God will just show you. And okay, should I tell you, it is not the same amount. It will be any more than you. And your guy will make it clear that his experience is more important to him than your Harvard certificate. And the guy will be your supervisor. I forgot to mention that part of it. <laughs> Please, don't come and start whining. In this country, it's not fair. 
Have you ever seen life that is fair anywhere? Are you not the one that's saying that grace is not fair, that God should promote you with grace? Why do you, why do you not want, want everything to be fair now? This life is not fair. That's the way it is. You will come back from Harvard with a master's degree. Your supervisor will have only an OND. And the next thing, God will make him know the work more than you. You know why? He wants you not to confuse the next generation. So next time they say, ah, go to Harvard, I say, bros, I was there. There's nothing there. <laughs> you know, there are things you say out of persuasion. Say, my brother, there's nothing there. If I'm to live my life again now, I'm not going to even go to school. You know? <laughs> All of it is because you'll have seen the futility. You know what God is doing? He said, I'm judging everything that my people have confidence in apart from in me. Every single thing. Except the Lord builds a house. The laborers are laboring in vain. Except the Lord watches the city. The watchmen, they are staying awake only in vain. Listen, by the time you finish spending all your money on security gadgets, the first night you go to sleep, you will just wake up in the morning realizing that somebody forgot to switch it on. And then the security men, they made a mistake in shift. One guy thought the other guy was coming reporting at 8 p.m. to stay till the next morning. So he left at 7.59. The other guy read his own posting letter, uh, what they call it, shift duty, and saw 8 a.m. So your security men did not even come. Your security gadgets, they forgot to turn it on because they were not around. Or the engineer, when he was doing the work, he was about to tighten something. Then they called him that his wife just delivered. So he ran out of excitement. So next day, when you want to shout for him, say, oh, God, have you heard in good news? All the while, you think he's a human being. It's not a human being. It's an angel that came, turned it off, went to the, the other guard, tapped the shoulder, said, don't come to work till tomorrow morning. That's how angels behave. When they do things, eh, everything looks normal. You have good explanations. When an angel blocks your bullet, you will see the metal. But it's an angel's hand. They say it's metal. No, it's not. It's an angel. When they came after Eli- um, Elisha, that I remember. They, you know, what was Elisha's prayer? God, to blind them. So God blinded them. Well, were they seeing? Yes. But seeing they were seeing, they were not perceiving. So they saw Elisha. Elisha said, what are you looking for? He said, ah, we are looking for the man of God. He said, ah, he's not here. Follow me. And they walked into the center of enemy territory and did not notice it until they got there. That's how angels behave. You will confuse your security men. So when you wake up in the morning, you will look to your left and to your right. You will join hands <laughs> with your family. So let us thank God who is the defender, <laughs> the protector. Yeah, everybody say after me. You, your children are talking to he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under shadow. Everybody declare in this house. We are under the shadow of the Almighty. In the name of Jesus, the Lord of hosts is on our side. His hosts, they surround us. They will say, Daddy, Daddy, pray this morning. They will know that God just delivered, that declared to him the foolishness of everything he had confidence in. Everything that his children have put their confidence in, he's judging beginning from now. Money will fail people. Some people will say, I go abroad for checkup regularly. They will come back and have a tumor that doctors call interval cancers. 
So what is an interval cancer? We have a theory. They are between the last checkup and the next checkup. <laughs> Some cancers start and grow fast. It's called interval. I really don't believe in the theory behind it, but the expression you can understand. Because sometimes they will find cancers in people that have been going for regular checkup, and you bring their last checkup results. Look at the films, look at everything. Nothing. You are told the person that all you need to do is check every two years. Yes, last year he kept last two years kept the appointment. He, now he's coming for this current appointment now. Only to discover a big tumor there. Say, when did this start growing? They check, they say, it had to have started since the last checkup. And the normal tumors don't grow this fast. They say, this one grew fast too. And we found out that those ones that we call interval cancers are the most aggressive ones. That's why they are so fast. If it has happened to you as a Christian, don't feel bad. You will get cured. Just go and pray. Do you hear what I said? Don't say, hey, my life is over. No, 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 no. Just go and pray. Say, Lord, I want to confess confidence in the flesh. Because you have confidence in the flesh. Say, Lord, I had it. Say, how do you know? The checkup was 3.5 million every year. My offering, both to the gospel, to the poor, to even my children, was 200,000. I said, good. So you get the point now. Yes. Those are the times they say, go and give. Now, please, I'm not sure you can buy healing, no. I just said, God says, let me see your repentance. So the last car you bought, you just suddenly sell it. People will know why you are selling it. You will give it out. You will pay for checkup for five years in one day, offering. And God said, when else are you going? He said, ah, me? I'm not going again. Say good. Why? He has just confounded where you put your confidence. That's what I'm making. So I tell people, before you go for any checkup, better go and check yourself spiritually first. I'm not saying don't go for checkup, but you have to prioritize things. I hope you're getting my point. You get on your knees and pray. There are times you will finish praying. You will tell yourself, there's no need for checkup, self. I think I'm fine. Because look for the money. Money is not there. No, there's a way God stops you from doing some nonsense trips. He just won't give you money. No, you need some money to have some ideas. The ideas you can't have unless you're... you're Unless you have something, you know, you, 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 unless you have a lot of money. What is the point I'm making? You know what God is doing? He's confounding every single thing his children are putting their confidence in. If you put your confidence in an extra certificate, he will let you get it. Then you look for work with it, you will not find. Please get me right. I have not said don't get extra certificate. Because sometimes, that's just life. All I'm going to say is like, it's life. It's just life. You just have to, I mean, you're teaching the university, you have to move on, you have to do some things. You know, it, it just depends on the way your life is. But it's not confidence. It's not confidence. It's that thing I'm talking about. Where we have confidence. Like I said last time, you see people putting a lot of effort. My wife has to go and deliver her brother. Why? Listen. If you are one of those that's doing competition, because you belong to a clique of vain women, you know they call vain women. Yes. We allow vain women to affect you. So because Mrs. Um, Buhari went to do uh, have her baby in the U.S., Mrs. Oshemole went to have her baby in the U.K. And Miss, and you know, are you getting my point? All your clique of friends, women, you allow to influence you. They've traveled everywhere. 
Then, because you now married a quiet man who you think you can harass, you too must go and deliver a bro. You start harassing his soul. So now, the man is not smiling. He always say, praise the Lord. He say, hallelujah. <laughs> ah, he said, bros, why are you not shouting hallelujah? He said, man need money. You know, man need money now. You know, sometimes some people are broke. When you find out, and you know they are broke, you dash them money. You say, ah, how are you doing? Say, bros, things are not easy. So you dash him 5,000. Then when you find out why he's broke, you want to call him back and beat him for collecting your 5,000. Because he's broke because he went and put himself into distress. Saving money for madame to go and deliver. One of my colleagues once, he said, please deliver me. I said, from what now? Said this woman, what did happen? I mean, a woman asking for something. He said, This woman said, Please, I should please give him money to buy medicine. She was not feeling well. That she, he understands that he, her building projects, taking all her money. <laughs> Those of you who are not laughing, you have not understood what I said yet. <laughs> Did you get my point? You come and meet me and say, please, oh, I'm hungry. I'm not eating since morning. Say, why now? Say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saving to buy a car so I can't eat. You know, I will throw you from upstairs so that you, the, idea, <laughs> the idea will leave your head. <laughs> there are those who are doing that. If you are like that here today or you are listening to this, I command you in the name of Jesus to repent. That's all I can say. And if you don't repent, say no. You know what happens to sinners. How can you go and be harassing these young men who are trying to obey God? They are trying to build a business, take care of you, and this child they're about to deliver. And I say, after all, my friend, Angela, she delivered in London. My friend, um, Cinderella, she delivered in, you know. So me too, my, I can, it's only my child that will be born in Nigeria. Please tell that foolish girl, that all Pasobanki's children were born in Nigeria. All Okimuti's children were born in Nigeria. Chooks, all his children, Alayanka has like seven children now, they're all born in Nigeria. And all these children I just mentioned are going far in this life. I hope you're getting my point. Tell that fellow that Bishop Edupo was born in Omoaro. Tell that clown that Dangote was born in Kano. You know, you know, you know there are people who, if they want citizenship in any country, you know it's very easy. They just get there and say, how much is that house? Say $10 million. Buy one. They take receipt of the house, give the government. Those ones will quickly give them permanent residency. After a few years, they offer them citizenship. Listen to me. Don't let God disgrace you. Make you an example of how not to behave. Because he has made up his mind. That's what I was saying earlier. That in this season, I will do that. Everything my children trust in. You know what makes me laugh? People will see them kill themselves. They don't go and get masters. At the end of the day, queue in front of Dangote. Say, good afternoon, sir. Do you have a job for us? Confidence. There was a time. And someone said, ah, all you need to do, just go abroad and get the masters. Lagosians went abroad and got, you know, no Nigerians now. They collected all the masters. The MTN began to choose three of them for ten couple. Yes. And there are things we do. You know, grace has left. God said, okay, okay. Share this is how you want to do it. Go and do it. 
When you are done, you do it without grace. So, when you are done, we'll see. And you will struggle and struggle. There are times, listen to me, God will tell some people, write your next application and don't put down your qualification because I want to show you what I can do without it. Listen, some of these children were born all over the world. The same children will get up one day, renounce the citizenship and come home. They will. Why myself of this thing? So that Christians can repent now and follow the Lord. We have followed the world too much. You know what I found out? People just don't have enough information. If you open your eyes and see what is going on, <laughs> I know many children who they you know run all over the world, they look for work, they come back to Lagos, come back to Nigeria to come and look for work. You ask some person, oh, he's in Lagos now. Ah, in Lagos? He's not in Australia again. No, he got a job with uh, Kiniko Kiniko and he's in Lagos. Oh, I thought his father packed everybody around to Australia at that time. He said, yes, he did. After I finished school, he came back and he got a job in Lagos and he's happy here. And I've seen people who sat in Lagos and got jobs everywhere in the world. From Lagos, they did interview, did everything. They said, ah, we'll give you this job, but sorry, you have to go and report in Australia. We'll give you this job, you have to go and report somewhere else. We'll give you this job, you have to move out to London. You know what God is saying? I can stay with a multitude, I can stay with a few. And be careful you don't take his glory and give to somebody else. That is, if you have a PhD you got from Hammersmith and God blessed you, if you ever counsel young people that the way to go forward in life is to go to Hammersmith and get a PhD, your promotion just ended. Just give God his glory. I thank God for what he has done for me. Then tell the story of your life. Please, 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 don't even for one moment infer that something physical on this earth got to your glory. God won them. It is the Lord thy God that is giving you power to get wealth. He said, before you start thinking now, eh, my, the strength of my mind got me this strength uh, word that I have. He said, thou shalt remember. And I came today with a prophetic word. God said, in this season, I'm beginning to judge Every single thing that my children have placed their confidence in, apart from in me. I said last time, let's not, listen, let's not, you know, these children that God has given us and is still giving us, I hope you know they are affected by our behavior. Remember, I'm not talking to Muslims, so I'm talking to who? I'm not talking to unbelievers, I'm talking to who? Those who say they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm going to collect my glory and collect everything complete." These children that he has given you, allow him to bless them. Allow him to bless them. <laughs> the other day, Pastor Corey said he was going for a mission in Meduguri. He took his first two sons, say, all of you, yeah, follow me. We are going to Meduguri. Mommy Anne had sent her daughter with them. All of you, go and do mission. All of you, go and do mission. They said they were cooking inside the heat in Meduguri. They stayed there for, I think, two or three weeks. They said, good. Don't think we are serving God so that you can be safe. No, you take risks with your life too. Like I said, one prayer my wife and I learned that day to pray is that the faith of our children must not be secondhand faith. I'm a Christian because my, my parents are Christians. No, that's not right. God revealed himself to Abraham, revealed himself to Isaac, and revealed himself to Jacob. That's the prayer all of us should pray. What am I going to say? Please, don't let God spoil things for these children because of your stupidity. That's what I'm saying. 
Follow the right order of things. Trust God for their promotion. Trust God for their destiny. Teach them righteousness and justice. And don't give them the impression that ah, you have escaped from that country. To where? Only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. He said, bell bows down, neighbor stoops over. Their images are confined to the beasts that carry them, the load that they are, the gods that cannot save. That's what he was saying. And many countries, <laughs> this one is from my own knowledge. This is not the, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit, but like Paul would say, I have the Spirit of God. You see, most of these European countries don't even go there. Don't. I, I won't say more than that. I, I have a personal thinking that God said, What I'm about to do to them, I needed to just, for old time's sake, cut Britain out. So I did Brexit. So I can do to them what my soul desires. And give Judah another, you know, that's what God does. Give Judah another chance. Let's see whether when she sees what is happening to her sister, Israel, maybe she will repent. Because the Assyrians came, (laughs) took out the whole of Israel. And God said, Judah, I hope you are watching that. Jeremiah looked at them. I hope you are watching. If you don't watch, your time is coming. They, They did not take the instruction. They did not heed it. What happened? The Babylonians came. That's what God does. Just please them. When Brexit happened, I said, this is what God is doing. There are places I just say, get up and get out. Because, you see, the judgment of God, it does not stay his hand forever. And listen, Africans better get ready. Eh? Just get off your idolatry. Get off into the, 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 the kingdom of God. That's the best way to put it. And spare yourself for the ripple effect of God's judgment on things that are exalted. You know, let me tell you something about God. Eh? Every time people stand on <laughs> and they declare there is no God, we elevate those people who say it. We make it national policy that there is no God, which is a lot of countries have done. That is recognition. If, I, if you go to a school and say anything like creation, you can be sacked. You know that. Then you wake up one morning and country after country, we start with legalizing abortion, which is nothing but sacri- worshipping Molech. Then next thing they do, they sanction same-sex marriages, which according to Sadhu Sundar Selvaraj, is telling God to go to hell. They do one after the other. You know, I used to wonder, sir, what's going on? And God said, what is going on is become my patience. But they have exhausted it. I would try that for a long time. I was wondering, what's God going? God said, you don't, you don't know me. Oh. That was why I gave them Second World War. Wiped. Listen, after the Second World War, European girls were marrying anything they found. Because all the men were dead. All the young men exterminated. All the young men gone. And God said, that same hand of judgment, you can start United Nations, you can start anything you like, I have not lost it. And the other day, I read Thomas Jefferson. When he said that, God will give us liberty. Ah, let me, please, I need to read that quote again. I have it somewhere here. Now remember, Thomas Jefferson was U.S. president from 1801 to 1809. 
Said, God who gave us life gave us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of people that these liberties are the gift of God? He said, indeed, I tremble for my nation when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. God has patiently watched a lot of the nonsense we have been doing against him all over this world. And don't be alarmed when his judgment will start again. You know what he said? He said, when they say, peace, peace, he said, then great trouble shall come upon them. The closer the people are to trouble, the more they feel they are getting into peace. The promised land was well watered. It was producing abundantly. So abundant was the production. When Israel came, they said, wow, see grapes. But that was a sign that the people that will replace them are on their way. For those who don't understand it, the promised land was actually an accursed land for the people before them. The land was cursed. Now, you see what I'm trying to say? And all the inhabitants don't exist today. They don't have descendants. When you hear of Hittite, Jebusite, Amorite, you know those heights I to hear of, they've been wiped out entirely. Israel will find remnants, and God will say, wait, there are some remnants of those people there. When you get there, kill them all. Part of the assignment of Israel was they were a judgment nation against the inhabitants of that land. And God warned Israel ahead. He said, listen, you are going there. These are the reasons I'm going to remove them. Mark those reasons down and don't go that way. Many of the reasons why God wiped people out those days, our fellow human beings all over the world, they have established themselves in it and they become proud of it. And hear the word of God. His judgment shall reign just like before. It will. That's why I said, there are certain parts of the world we tell me to go. I will not go. I'm not lying to you. They are, I would rather go to the Middle East than some of these European countries. Because God's judgment comes in different levels. Some of them it comes as sudden calamity. Sudden. Sudden. For some, God just say, all the people there, just wipe them out. They just disappear. Disappear. Many Europeans are going to disappear. Arabs will replace them. Arabs and Africans and Asians. They will replace them. You come back in about 60 years' time. You hear that, that they'll tell you that this country was white. Say, how come people here are not white? Say, the Arabs came, Africans came, Asians came, they mixed. Now you now see some funny colored human beings. You don't even know where they came from. One thing you are sure they are not white. That is why, and that's what I said to you earlier, no matter how much God loves you, if you go and hide in the place where he wants to judge, the best he can do for you, the best is to extract you from there naked. And you say, look, I can just give you your life as a boot. Why? I have to judge the fact that you put your confidence here. Let's go back to that portion we're reading. Isaiah chapter 46. He said, listen to me, O house of Jacob, I'm in verse 3 now. And all the remnant of the house of Israel, you have been born by me from, the, from birth and have been carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I will be the same. And even to your grain years, I will bear you, that I will carry you. He said in verse 5, To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me? He said, Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh silver on the scale. They hire a goldsmith that is to make other gods. 
Verse 8, remember this and be assured. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things long past. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. I declare the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things which have not been done. Saying, my purpose will be established. And I will accomplish all my pleasure. He said, calling the bird of prey from the east. And the man of my purpose from a distant country. Truly I have spoken. Truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely I will do it. And he was talking about his judgment here. God's judgment. That's what he was talking about. He said, listen to me, you stubborn minded. He said, who are far from righteousness? He's talking to his people. I will bring near my righteousness. It is not far off. Look, when he explained this, what he was saying is that he will establish the fact that he's God and nothing else is God. That's what he calls establishing his righteousness. He said, I will grant, now notice this all. He said, I will grant salvation in Zion and my glory for Israel. That is, those who have a destiny, those who have a future, are those who have established their faith only in the word of God. They are those who have established their faith in what God has spoken. They are those who have established their faith in the word of God. They are the ones who have established. God said, listen, when he said, my glory I have reserved for Israel, that those who walk in the light, as I am in the light, they are the ones I have reserved my glory for. Listen, faith sometimes, I told you, listen, anything you are doing in life as a Christian, when you are making decisions, I like to just teach on that all the time, but of course, I'm not going to do a series on that. Making the right decision. Just that break every decision you want to make into pieces. And make sure that each one is pleasing to God. That's what it means to participate in the salvation that is in Zion. Let me tell you something. To have consent for the destiny of your children is right. It's how you go about establishing it that I am discussing. Christianity, if you don't want to believe, please don't believe. But if you say you have believed, God, you know what Jesus said? Let that be hot or cold. That is, I have more tolerance for a Muslim and an atheist than a Christian who does not take his faith seriously. Did you hear what I said? The Lord has more tolerance for an atheist or a Muslim than a Christian who does not take his faith seriously. To have concern for your, for your descendants, I've read my scriptures, is the will of God. But what do you do concerning it? That's the issue. Isaac had a promise from God. But he so believed in that promise that is the tangibility of the spiritual that that was what he had to offer his children. Not his physical inheritance. Essentially, the boys fought for it. Jacob had more value for it. But when Isaac had blessed Jacob accidentally, and by the Holy Spirit, he had understood that he has transferred that substance to Jacob. When Esau came back, he said, look, I have nothing for you again. They had land, but he said, I had nothing for you. He had animals. He said, I have nothing for you. He said, your brother, I have given him everything. I have, now, listen to this. I have sustained him with grain and with new wine. Jacob left the house. He knew that that grace would carry him. He knew. He knew that grace would carry him. He knew that substance, you know, that substance. He knew it was real, that it would carry Jacob. I I tell the story of Ben Carson all the time. Poor woman his mother was. 
as a little boy one day they finished in church. You know, a missionary had come. And I had spoken so much to them about missionary work. And the young boy was moved. And he felt the way he could be a missionary was to be a doctor. So he would be a medical missionary. No father. His father was a bigamist. And he had left. Young mother in her 20s. Early 20s. You know the mother, do you think I can be a doctor so I will be a missionary? The woman put two hands on the boy's shoulders and said, you can be anything you want in life. All we need to do is ask God for it. You know, there are people I don't talk to anymore. They say they are believers. I don't talk to them. Because when they open their mouth to talk, I'm sorry, they don't believe anything. They talk about you who live in a country like Nigeria. You think you are living in hellfire. But they are not even half as happy as you are. It's as if God has to be a British citizen to bless people. And I look at them and say, why didn't your country produce the richest black people? Why couldn't, why couldn't they? Why is he shouting racism? Why are you still shouting if you are so happy? I have a classmate lives in the UK. Anytime he's talking, I say, you know what your problem is? You're not happy. You have to always run the rest of us down to continue to justify decisions you made 20 years ago because you know it was not a good decision. Listen, like I said all the time, you can live anywhere you want in this world. I don't care. But if you're a believer, let nothing compete with God for your confidence. Let nothing compete with God for your security. If having established your confidence and your security in him, he decides to take you to Tutubanzi, where is that? <laughs> Takes you to Bujumbura? Fine. Takes you to Paris? Fine. Takes you to Cape Town? Fine. Listen to Enugu here? Beautiful. Takes you to Abuja? His will? Yes, his people do move. But they move after discussing with him. And let things to me if you are worried. Like I said, listen, having concern is not the problem. So. I mean, you have four children. You're looking at how, 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 will they, how will the education be? Who will pay for it? Just get on your knees. You say, Lord, these children don't have to go to school. And I want you to pay for it. I want them to get the best education that is necessary for their lives. And please help them to fulfill their destiny. I want them to be established and to fulfill their destinies. Lord, that's what I'm asking you for. Help me in the name of Jesus. Pray that prayer. You're, of course, you're, you're, you're married. That's why you have four kids. Join hands with your wife. Commit them to the Lord and start watching it. Beginning from primary, secondary, if you cannot afford an expensive school, don't go there. There's no competition. Who are you competing with? Who are you competing with? One of us came to Enugu that I told my wife, look, let these children go to government, secondary school, uh, primary school. She said, no. She said, what was my reason? And I wasn't joking. No. She had agreed. I would have let it happen. My reason was I wanted them to learn Igbo. All this going to all these funny funny. So that's why they, are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they still can't speak Igbo. After they were born in, almost born in Enugu. Grew up there. All they can say. The, the only person I hear speak Igbo in my house now is Victory. He greets, he greets Auntie Chimwe all the time. Or Tutu Oma. When she comes in the morning, he, he doesn't miss it. He greets him. The, he, the rest of them, all they know is Oduma. <laughs> Maybe they know more than that. I don't know. But if you have gone to a Kulu primary school, trust me, you will know everything. And I meant it too. I wasn't joking. I wasn't joking. Because I always said that, listen, what they are going to learn is what their, my mother will teach them. It's what I will teach them. And I was not wrong. Once you have prayed that prayer, 
Just relax your life. Relax your life. Relax your life. Take it easy. They will still get to where they are supposed to get to. My friend who's a neurosurgeon in Luz today, in Lagos, the day he told me that he went, now of course his father was educated, he had access to some things, but when he described the secondary school he went to, I was surprised. He said, I went to a Jack on this school. I said, what were you doing in Jack on this school? His father really didn't care, but that's not the point. He said I did not have a physics teacher. I read physics by myself. Today is a neurosurgeon. He said, I read my physics myself. See, you can go to the best schools in Nigeria. You can go to the worst schools. That is not what is determining your destiny. Christians, learn to put your hands on these children and bless them. Do it regularly, not only on their best day. I hope you're getting my point. And they cross your, your child is called passing the morning. Tell to bring his head. Tell him to bring your head. Come here. They greet you in the morning. Put the head close. You shall be well with you. You shall be great. You are the seed of the righteous. You'll be mighty on this earth. God will send help to you. You will not lack. Everything you need to achieve your destiny, receive it in the name of Jesus. Do that periodically. Listen, if we are truly believers, we should understand that that thing has power. If you have to exchange that with a million dollars, take that and throw away the million dollars. Let me finish my message here. God says, I am judging everything that my people have exalted in my place. Everything they have put their confidence in, I will frustrate it. And the only opportunity they have to deliver themselves from judgment is to get out now. That's the only chance they have to deliver themselves from judgment is to get out of that thing. Let me see that statement I made before I make it again. Many of the courses you are, you are struggling, struggling, your child must, must study because you think that is where destiny is. Because by the time they are ready to work, I will have crippled that economy. Let's bow down here to give the Lord thanks. Because his word is true. Only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. What did he say? He has reserved salvation in Zion. His glory is for Israel. He has reserved salvation in Zion. I will grant salvation in Zion, he says, and my glory for Israel. I will grant salvation in Zion and my glory for Israel. I will grant salvation in Zion. My glory in Israel. He said, I have sworn the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and it will not turn back. That to me every knee will bow. Every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. I want you to pray that God, before you use experience to teach me, use revelation to teach me now. I don't want to go through that experience. I want revelation. So that right now, I will say, and I declare, concerning you, Lord, only in you are righteousness and strength. Lord, when you judge the idols, may I not be found inside them. Say, Lord, when you judge the idols, may I not be found inside them. Let me not be found inside idols. No idol in my heart. I cast out every stronghold, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. As you cause Baal to bow down and Nabal to stoop over, may, not, may they not be found in my house. May they not be found in my heart. But let me walk 
in the salvation that is found in Zion and the glory that you have reserved for Israel. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Holy Spirit, help me. Lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Holy Spirit, help me. That's the prayer you should be praying now. I'm ending the message here today. But before I leave, pray for your children. Let's ask your feet. I want you to pray for your children. Pray for them. Let's your feet and pray for these children. Whether you have them now or not, pray for them. Now begin to pray. I'm not going to lead you yet. Just say anything you like. We, are, we have spoken. Say they are the seed of the righteous. They will be mighty on this earth. Are you praying for these children? Or you are thinking about them? Say, Lord, they are the seed of the righteous. And they will be mighty on the earth. If you have them already or you have named them even before you had them, call their names. Say, Lord, they are the seed of the righteous. Mention them one by one. And therefore, he will be mighty. She will be mighty on this earth. I speak to you, you will live, you will not die. You will fulfill the purpose of God for your, for your life. I call you Samuel. Whether you are a man or a woman, there's a reason why you are using the name Samuel. I call you Samuel. You are a beautiful child like Moses. In the name of Jesus, you will bring forth the purpose of God in this life. You will not be a non-entity. You will be the head. You will not be the tail. God will establish you in faith. He will reveal himself to you. Bless these children for goodness sake. Say, wherever you are, God will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will keep you like the apple of his eyes. He will shield you from all evil. It shall be well with you. You will be a light amongst many. People will come into your light. They will come there to find solutions. They will come there to find God. Declare upon your children. Your destiny is established. Your destiny is established. In Christ Jesus it is established. All ancestral curses have been broken. The curse that Noah placed upon Ham, upon Canaan, upon Put, upon Mizraim, upon Cush, is not yours because you are in Christ Jesus. You will not be a servant of servants. You will be a servant of the Lord Jesus alone. You will be a servant of the Lord Jesus alone. A green pasture will not turn you to a slave. No. You will not be a strong donkey lying down between the sheep folds because he found that the resting place was good. You will not be a slave at first labor. In the name of Jesus, freedom that Christ paid for is your portion. You are no man's slave. 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 You are a free man in Christ Jesus. You are not a slave of money. But you are a man, you are a woman of destiny, a woman of purpose. Your name will be glorious, like that of Samuel and like that of Deborah. You will be a mother in Israel. You will not be average because you are the seed of the righteous. 
He said, Mark the righteous man, his seed will be mighty on this earth. Declare concerning your children. That is what they need. That's what they need. It's not money. Say, I sustain you by the power of God with grain and with new wine. You will not lack. Resources will come to you from everywhere. They will come to you. Men will come to help you. They will come to help you. God will command favor for you. In the name of Jesus. God will command favor for you. In the name of Jesus. Say concerning them, you will not die young. You will live and fulfill the purpose of God. In your generation. Say, Lord, confirm these words. I have spoken as your prophet over my home. I have spoken as a prophet over my home. As a priest of God, Lord, I say, confirm these words. Confirm these words. Establish these words. Let your name be glorified. Establish these words, Lord. Let your name be glorified. Say, Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.